I'm Matt. And I'm John. And we're Friday Night Games. <laughs> we are two board game enthusiasts who will be mech pilots in the future. And also with us today is a very special guest, Cameron from Saving Throw Studios. Say hello, Cameron. Hello, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> and he's here to tell you about his game, which is called... Redline Tactical Card Combat, coming to Kickstarter soon. Uh, well, actually, coming to Kickstarter right now as this is airing. So that's Oh, pretty... <laughs> time travel. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Already on Kickstarter. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, guys. I really, really appreciate it. It's a cool opportunity. Glad to be on here and share. And uh, really excited to share what I've been working on all summer long with you guys. Nice. Awesome. Glad you're here. Cameron's going to give us an overview of his game and the mechanics. We're going to ask him a bunch of questions we want to know about the game. And maybe Cameron will ask us some questions while we geek out about some stuff about Friday Night Games and what we've been up to. Cameron, welcome. Yay. We kind of did this before. We're going to do it again. That's <laughs> <laughs> how we roll. We like making things slightly awkward, but not completely, uh, <laughs> not completely good. awkward. Wow. So this is a mech game you made, correct? A freets. So yes, it's mechs, but we call Freets. our mechs a freets. Hey, every good sci-fi franchise or anime, you got to have a different name for your units, gears, titans, max, veritex. Early on, that was a big hurdle we had to jump over is what are we going to call ours to be different and stand out? So on that note, what is your favorite mech show? <sighs> mech show? <laughs> was, was this one of the questions John sent you? Oh, so mech show? Because if it wasn't... <laughs> Curveball in there. Curveball. <laughs> Exo Squad when I was a kid. Wow. All right. I've never seen Exo Squad. Oh, jeez. Come on. No. <laughs> no. I don't think I've seen it either. What's, no. What's Exo Squad? No. What's Exo Squad? Describe this to me. So this was like late 90s. It was only on Sunday morning, maybe in the school day morning. It, for whatever reason, it got canned pretty pretty hard like it didn't it's one of those good shows that didn't like last for whatever reason was it saturday morning cartoon i think it was for a while it was just it's one of those shows it was hard to watch they were always it was on, <laughs> it was on before school before you missed it or the the time was always changing whatever actually it's got a lot in common with my game i didn't even think about it. but it's in like the future <laughs> humanity has made artificial life called neo sapiens who are kind of like slaves they're not robots or these giant purple people and they have this revolt and they take over mars and these pilots they like jack kind of like um the matrix like the little weird mechs they have at the end of that movie nice, the revolution okay. they like connecting to their neck so they can like neurologically pilot them and they like fly in space but it was like a show of continuity a kid's cartoon where like people died and what happened first episode affects the, the seventh episode it was really really cool was it cool. was it anime inspired no it had crappy american animation that wanted <laughs> it, look, it looked like it looked like ninja turtles oh like did it that, really? that animate that animation style yeah yeah i know yeah. I, I just looked it up I, I remember i think i i think i've seen like an episode or two but i we were born like we're a bit older so we watched like transformers and stuff like that it'd yeah. be a little bit after but like the toys yeah. were rad you had a little pilot you could actually put them in there buckle them in and extra squad that is awesome. So that would be my favorite one. It's cult, cult following. Look it up. It's worth it. Sounds like we need to do some Exo Squad research here, John. 
do it up. It's cool. Exo Squad's cool. Any other inspiration? <laughs> I really like getting this stuff out of people. Any other like favorite back shows other than Exo Squad? I guess I, I'm a big Gundam fan. I don't know if you had. You probably had Gundam. I'm not into Gundam very. Oh. <laughs> No, that's okay. You don't have to be. I got a real big, real big BattleTech background, so that's how I like my mechs, kind of like chunky and and slow. And the Gundam's got swords and jetpacks, and they just are flying around all over. And <laughs> I mean, it, it looks cool, but that's I like a little bit slower, old school with my robots. <laughs> BattleTech, realistic. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I yeah. get it. Not everyone likes giant anime flying with wings with feathers on them. <laughs> <laughs> Looks cool, but I guess I does, yeah. never got into it. Never got into it. Robotech. I mean, how many other mech shows are there out there? I feel like there's a lot, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was like that a good 90s thing. Transformers was the one we grew up with. Yeah. Which, you know, obviously they turned into a bunch of movies. So technically everyone's growing that up. Ain't, that's not mechs. That's just robots. That's not, there's no one. To... Yeah, it's not piloted. You're right. You're so, right. Yeah, I'm going to red card you on that one. Yeah, red card me. Yeah. <laughs> that's a penalty. Oh. <laughs> penalty. I'm just thinking of like Transformers, not Transformers, uh, Terminator, when they show like in the future when Skynet is taken over. But that's just robots. I watched a lot of anime. So I, I watched Neon Genesis Evangelion, which was mech, mech pilot. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But it was super weird, though. That that show turned into like a really super weird show. It turned into like a psychological thriller at the end of it, which is <laughs> maybe why I liked it. Maybe. <laughs> uh, hey, I guess Voltron would qualify, right? Oh yeah, Voltron. Voltron. Yeah, totally. I try to get everyone when they're like, "What should I name my pet dog?" And I always say Voltron, but no one's taking me up on that <laughs> offer yet. <laughs> hey Volt, yeah, that would be a decent name, right? So Cameron, give us a pitch about your game. So what is it? How's it play? Hey, since we're all into Matt, big time BattleTech background, growing up as a kid, it's actually like my gateway drug into gaming. That was like the first kind of gaming game, you know, besides Monopoly and Uno and stuff. So grew up playing heavy dose of that. These days I'm probably more into Magic. It's just what my gaming group plays. So Redline actually is is kind of like an, a blending of the two. It's a expandable sci-fi card-based game. If you've played Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, Hearthstone, you, you pretty much kind of know the, the gameplay and how it goes. Dropping resources, Tapping, expending, I'm sorry, I can't say tap legally, right? Uh, <laughs> building up your forces. I don't know what Magic them. listens to us. If they do, we're in trouble. I'm just nah, kidding. No, you're, you're good. good. <laughs> no, you're fine. Equipping and upgrading them with equipment and, you know, and, and that's kind of standard. But what really makes Redline unique and what we put a lot of work into was how could you take card game mechanics but apply tabletop kind of wargaming to that. And so what, again, really makes Redline really fun is it has tactical maneuvers so simultaneous combat is the cornerstone of this game in that you are planning your moves at the same time as your opponent you're not taking turns like in most other games just like in you know real life there's a fog of war element while you're making moves your opponent is anticipating and planning their own and it plays really fun and different because in redline you can actually set up ambushes you can flank your opponent you can create gaps in the front line and then rush your opponents through to attack their deck and, and that was the whole point from the beginning there's no point to just make another regular card based game if it you know, it didn't have a little something unique to it. And so we put a lot of work, like I said, trying to put real strategy and tactics and maneuvers into our card game. And so that's what Red, makes Redline really awesome. Cool. So can you give us like a small rundown of like a turn? Yeah. So there's three phases. Players will take turns in the beginning, drop, you know, drawing cards, dropping resources, equipping units, stuff like that. And then when 
you're done, your opponent will do the same. After you've both kind of had your main phase, to use some card terminology here, then you go into combat. So you got a mission deck in between both players, a lot of card games. The battlefield is like an imaginary no man's land in between you. Redline, it's a real thing. There's a mission deck with a bunch of cards that you flip five over. That creates your map for that game. That's the territory that you're fighting over, and the game uses dials. So if you're familiar with that, some games use them. You uh, Secret dials, every mission has a number associated with its position. So you just pick where your units are going to move. You drop your dial face down. You wait till your opponent has planned their maneuvers, and then you both at the same time flip your dials face up, and then you execute. Could be you both, you know, in these missions, if you capture them, that's the goal. Capture all five missions to win the game. But they also give you bonuses if you are, are able to capture and hold on to them as well. So they're kind of worth fighting over, kind of like King of the Hill. Think of it like that. Maybe you both are going after the hydroelectric dam. So there's going to be a big engagement in that place. Or maybe you could capture the objective to the left of that and then get around your opponent that way. So you never really know where their attacks are going to be. And so that is the kind of fog of war. Some games will call it like playing double blind and that you don't have all the information at once. And so that's what really makes the game different, interesting, fun, and really replayable. Oh, yeah, that actually sounds really, really interesting. I like the concept of the simultaneous play. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Because then, you know, you have to be strategic. You have to think what your opponent's thinking. Right. And that's in Magic and it's in other games. But I think when it's done at the same time, it becomes sort of like a real rock, paper, scissors element trying to figure out what's going on through your opponent's mind. Magic, I always say, is like trench warfare, right? I mean, there's a little room to plan. You know, you don't got to send everything to attack, but you're going in one direction your attacks are kind of telegraphed, right? And again, in Redline, you have options. So you can push all in on, on the right side. You can go up the middle. If there's an objective that has a really sweet bonus, like, I don't know, draw an extra card to turn and get an extra resource, that's going to be a hot commodity that people are going to fight over. And so, again, it, there's, I don't want to say wiggle room, but there's just a lot of, there's a huge map to fight over. There's room for maneuver. It's really cool. It's awesome. Your game is on Kickstarter currently. So why should we be excited about your Kickstarter campaign put a lot of work into the Redline Kickstarter to make it as awesome as we can. We got a lot of really cool backer rewards and pledge levels, which you can go on and see. Battletech is a big inspiration for this game. If you just look at our art, people say it all the time. This looks like Battletech. Uh, that's not by accident. The designer of our <laughs> freets actually was an ex-Battletech artist. He worked for Catalyst Games. Oh, that's cool. And so, you know, if the game looks good, you know, I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you. If it looks like Battletech. There's a little bit of maybe a lineage there, right? If it looks like Battletech, thank you again. <laughs> right? He also did some work for Iron Wind Metals, who does the miniatures for Battletech. So it wasn't that difficult to take his designs, which are all 3D models, and turn them into 28 millimeter scale miniature freets. So we're offering plastic miniatures of the units in 28 millimeter scale, which fits most tabletop games, as backer rewards. And so those are really cool looking we also have alternate art anime generals we're offering on Kickstarter only. So the game kind of has a bit of a magic background as well. You guys familiar with magic at all? Uh, uh yeah. Pass. Okay. <laughs> we mention it every show, I think. Okay. <laughs> it's like the, you know, every gamer I think gets in the magic of some type of collectible car game or such at some point, I feel. I assumed. So yeah, Redline is built around generals. So each deck has a general that leads it, kind of like a commander in, in your magic game. 
And so the generals, we got some really sweet looking anime alt art generals you can get to kind of pimp your deck out right away and give it a, a little bit of extra manga personality. They're, they're really cool looking. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Every general obviously has like a special ability. Is that activated during the game by using resources? Well, I think we'll be talking about one of the generals in a little bit. But yeah, the generals belong to different factions, which limits the amount of cards or the type of cards you can put in your deck. And the generals all have special abilities that you want to build your deck around and that can you know open up new avenues of play for each game. So that's really, really cool. How does Redline compare to other games in the same type of genre? What makes it stand out and which mechanics really make it different than some of those games? So it, it's kind of a blend of three three main games. So most people are familiar with some of them. It's definitely got a heavy magic background. You have your deck, you're drawing cards, you're playing resources, you're expending them for supplies to arm your stuff. So if, you can, if you've played magic before any other card game, like I said, you'll be right at home at Redline. Of course, it's got a Battletech flavor to it. It's a sci-fi game. It's in the future. You're fighting in space the aesthetic is definitely kind of like your your battle tech inspired look but the dials the simultaneous combat if you've ever played the x-wing miniatures game which is is hella fun a, a big part of that is you know you're planning your moves for your pilot with the dials and so you have to try and you know boost around somebody or uh, barrel roll around them do a barrel roll and so the dials and planning your maneuvers here again you're not really doing a barrel roll in a free but still you can kind of push around you can go heavy up the middle so that dial kind of simultaneous again double blind gameplay that x-wing is built around is also how our combat is handled in redline so it sounds like when you're planning your battles and you're using the dials is that like one of the mechanics that you worked on the most in the game like how how that all worked out so the idea came pretty early on i had been thinking of doing a redline game for a while but it needed something to set it apart like I said, there's the, why make another magic and just put window dressing on it? Like, what's the point? But when that idea clicked of having a random map every game of missions that you would fight over and that would give you bonuses, everything pretty much fell into place. There's a lot of play testing and fine tuning a course to make it work. What's the best number of missions available and taking something that's for as long as I can remember turn-based combat in a card game and to try and make that work simultaneously took a little bit of of problem solving and tweaking, but really the dials is what makes it possible because you can plan ahead, lock in your moves, and after that, it actually was pretty seamless. So what inspiration did you draw from to create this game? Was it a board game? Was it tabletop, card game? How did this concept come to your mind? So Redline actually was a mobile game back in 2016. Ah, uh, you know what? We actually did a little bit of research. Yeah. We found that. We found that. It's on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We accidentally stumbled on it. There's like a hidden Easter egg on your webpage. I guess. So it was, <laughs> so I had just started playing X-Wing, got really into it. It reminded me a lot of Battletech. This is a very cylindrical story here, but just kind of with the tabletop, the movement and the, the double blind play, I, it's mechs in space is kind of how I viewed it. Got really hooked, really wanted to play it for whatever reason. My brain made a connection. This would make a great mobile game. Why there should be, there's got to be some kind of tactical mobile game like this on your phone so i spent days looking and everything's on a, a grid or a chessboard, and it's real simple and i got angry like actually <laughs> 
angry. Like, why is no one making like a movement based? Why is this not happening? It would do so well. And so if you want something done right, do it yourself, I guess. Right. Problem was, I have no video game experience at all. Uh, besides being a gamer, I have no game design experience, but I'm a busybody. And, you know, I put my mind, you know, ignorance uh, can get you pretty far in life. And so just decided I was going to try and make a mobile video game. Got a team. That's where I met the Battletech designer and we had probably about eight, ten people all around the world. We actually had a, a playable alpha of the game made. Oh, that's cool. That's actually super cool. Literally from a standing start, was able to get this done. A lot of great art assets were coming in. We did a Kickstarter. It didn't go so well. Um, and so that's your Easter egg. It's still on there. <laughs> Disgruntled. Hey, I made a lot of mistakes. I was green. I would definitely go back and do things differently. But you know what, though? I feel like a lot of it, you know, it is learning. And you being an educator, you know this. From those mistakes, you're going to make the next one better, which is this one. You know, the little mistakes you made, you're obviously going to get better. Can you identify, like, some of the key things you did that you feel like you would have changed? In in my ignorance, we did, like, a stealth launch. <laughs> so Oh, you didn't promote it as much? Or you just, like, threw it up there? Games like Apex Legends have proven that that can be successful. But when you're a nobody and nobody cares, it doesn't quite work that way. That's embarrassing to even say I would think that now. I don't I don't think so. No, I don't think that's embarrassing at all. I think, you know, you had an idea and you rolled with it. You saw a market for it and you just kind of like hoped it would happen, right? And that's uh, yeah. like everyone's dreams, right? It's not... Yeah, hope only gets you so far. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Today I had a meeting with my team at work and it was all about squashing negativity and boosting optimism. A big part of it was, well, I can't do this yet or changing that can't to the can. And like you said, you didn't have a, a successful Kickstarter back then, but now it sounds like you're putting the work in that needs to be put in i'm here talking to you guys exactly yeah. <laughs> oh no no doubt and as i said i have a lot of had a lot of ignorance and so you know it's got me that far if i had known everything now that goes into designing a game and the work and, and just the marketing aspect probably still would but, you know, I, I might have a little more reservations instead of jumping in both feet first like I did. But, no, it was a great learning opportunity and learned kind of what not to do. And like I said, the can is important, but don't forget about that can't. Like you want to be grounded. You want to be level headed and don't take anything for granted. Some good pointers right there. It's a good story, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to wrap it up is that it was just was salty and disgruntled and, and let myself down because we did have a lot of great assets like these are free designs, the art that was coming in and nothing came out of it and for years it just sat there and like one day one day i'm going to get back on that horse and we're going to redo it but what is that going to look like and, and when is it going to happen i had no idea but being a big magic degenerate it just made sense to see if we can't port that over into a card game and so that's kind of where redline was reborn with that idea but we kind of had a head start because we had a lore, we had designs, which definitely made it easier to get this ball rolling again. Which is awesome. That's that's great to hear that you had a lot of the stuff already ready. You know, I think that that's great for your Kickstarter. It, ha it definitely helped. Definitely helped. What's the most important thing you want people to remember about Redline? Personally, I worked really hard. <laughs> I spent a lot of time. <laughs> 
Corona has been a blessing and a curse. I've been working nonstop on this thing past couple months. I mean, with Corona, they, hey, there's nothing else to do. And so I've been making the most of my quarantining, uh, getting this done. If not for Corona, we would probably still be a good six months away from even considering a Kickstarter probably. Uh, but just having this time was, was, again, kind of a blessing in disguise. Put a lot of work into making it look good and making it play good and making it feel good. And we've come a long way and it's been a really fun process. I'm not going to lie. It's fun to be creative and collaborate and work with people and make literally something out of nothing. But just how much work goes into, again, building the website, writing up the story, playtesting the cards, being the art director, marketing. It's just you wear a lot of hats when you're small. And so it's been a lot of work. Yeah, we know what you're talking about. Yeah, we do. <laughs> We're also small, so it's the same thing in a different way, I guess. But I mean, that's yeah. the appeal, and and that's what makes it fun. And you know, if it was easy, everybody'd be doing it. Yeah, and then what? How would you stand out? Because everyone's doing it, right? <laughs> exactly. I guess you kind of mentioned a little bit about the biggest challenge, because the biggest challenge was the previous game. But when it comes to this board game, is there any regrets you are worried about, or you feel like you might have? I uh, asked me when the Kickstarter is over. <laughs> uh, right now, I'm f- feeling pretty good. We spent a lot of time on, again, we're still very small, so we don't got these massive marketing budgets like everybody else. Hey, good thing is, and this was part of the, the idea, is Redline is just a card game. We don't need to build an army of miniatures. We don't need crazy boards. And so it's very manageable. I think $11,000 is, is all, really. It's got lots of room to grow. We're nimble. We're agile. We said put a lot of work into getting our bases covered to set us set ourselves up for success. But it's just, like I said, been a lot of work and it's been a lot of effort and long nights to get here. But for regrets, I mean, obviously if it fails. Yeah. <laughs> it looks good. It plays good. I, I hope it presents good. So right now, not to be an ignorant a-hole, but no, I, I think we're pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. So obviously that would be your worst nightmare of it failing, which we hope it doesn't, obviously. When you're trying to start your own campaign and kind of doing everything for yourself, that's a big hurdle and you know what we talk about this often is like that ego getting in the way right so you know fear of failure and fear of success right i think that that would that would just be for me the hardest part of of launching a kickstarter which be like what if i fail or like hey what if this is like super successful so i look at like the game you know like mantis falls we i know we always talk about it but they're like destroying their kickstarter right now and it's like now they have to just kind of live with that 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 success yeah, a little bit right figure out what to do next <laughs> so maybe it's a less less about ego just more about the unknown yeah but what you know gonna do? That, that fear of success right like you have to maintain that that thing and now that that's hard that, that's hard for me to wrap my mind around. it's a fear of like the unfamiliar right the success and failure bring you away from what's normal in your life right like you're on track you're on you're doing this and maybe you enjoy in cameron's case maybe cameron enjoys this design process and learning all the marketing then what's the next step right right and that's another that's a whole nother aspect of what you're gonna see but obviously we hope you're successful don't be afraid <laughs> no, so here's how i look so i'm an educator uh, high school educator by the way but i used to teach entrepreneurship a while back and getting kids to go and you know follow their passions and and start businesses and go out there and, and live their dream i'm gonna get off on a little tangent here but i mean you guys know of the podcast the internet is such a great tool it, it levels the playing field there's so many opportunities now for people to go out and 
can do the things you want and actually the tools to make it look good or to go find people who can fill in the experience gaps that you don't have to make something. There's so much opportunity out there. Kickstarter is a great opportunity for for board games right now. I mean, Kickstarter is not doing great according to the news I've been reading lately, but the games division is on fire because it just seems to be the place to go to show off cool games. But that's a tool available for small time people like myself to, you know, put a product out there and let the market decide if it sinks or swims. But you got to take advantage of that opportunity. You got to put in the work. It ain't easy. It, it won't happen fast, but it's worth what the, the juice is worth the squeeze. Is that what they say? But you got to put in the work. You got to you got to dedicate yourself. Yeah. And, and follow through. There's a lot of follow through on there, too, because it's some sometimes people don't do that. Right. And I know I know Kickstarter gets a bad rap, but I think it gets a bad rap because the bigger companies use it as a pre-order, right? And a smaller company like yourself, you really have to fight for those people to back your game. No doubt, no doubt. You know, and Kickstarter will argue that both, you know, the big people will bring in people to back the little people, but sometimes they don't. <laughs> it's kind of sad. It's just so. the way the market is. You you can't fight it. You gotta you gotta roll with it. Yeah, exactly. So is there any other projects that Saving Throw Studios has coming up? Or is there anything cool coming up for Redline itself? Couple, Do you want to hint things? at? <laughs> so the game we're offering, the core set is $35. So it's a little cheaper than what it would normally be on shelves. What exactly does the core set get you? So the core set, you get two 50-card decks. It's got everything you need for two people to start playing right away. You got your 20-card mission deck. So you shuffle that up every game. It's a new map layout. So it's a different terrain. Uh, you get your uh, all the dice you need, all the tokens you need, critical hits, didn't even mention playing battle tech that was always a big thing like headshot somebody or get a you know a critical hit on their engine and slow them down you can do that in redline as well everything you need is in the core set and so that's available like i said on the kickstarter for 35 dollars expansions so uh stretch goals i think they're locked right now so people can't well hopefully they are are open but we have expansion decks that hopefully will be available as well so you can start building up your collection it's an expandable card game so think of it like legos you buy your lego set you know the pieces that come in the box and you can build that set and play with it or when you're done and bored, you can just throw it all in a box if your other Legos and make your own kind of models or decks. But we got two expansions in the in the wings, and if that works, there's definitely room in the game to grow with more generals, more freets, more factions. It's easy to try and do everything at once. We just want to go slow, step by step, and again, really let the players and, and the market decide where this game goes. So before you came to record with us, you sent us a little preview of one of your general cards. I did. The name, I'm going to try to pronounce it. Is it Valya Sarova? Valya Sarova, yes. Can you explain what that character's role in the game is and how it works? And if you want to see what we're talking about i will have it posted with our uh, our podcast post as well so you'll be able to see what the, the card looks like definitely it's a really really cool piece of illustration it's a really cool card so valia is part of the crimson pact of mars so we've got two factions in the game right now basically story-wise space was commercialized in the in the near future technology really explodes with asteroid mining and rare earth metals 
flooding the, the planet, technology, it booms. And that's where the Efreets come from, space travel, stuff like that. However, even space isn't big enough for the uh, nations of Earth. And so war uh, happens uh, at the end of the solar war. Russia and China have kind of been pushed off of the Earth and take refuge on Mars. And so there, a red line has been drawn through the solar system. Valya is part of the Crimson Pact Mars faction. I mean, she's a general, so she actually leads your deck. She's in play on the side at all times. And with her special ability, she's an Afrit ace. So she's kind of like a pilot lord. Pilots are an upgrade in the game. And so she gives all of your pilots the ambush ability, which means at the beginning of combat, they can automatically deal damage right away before you start rolling dice or before you start taking your action. So she makes all your pilots a little better. And what's really cool is she, her ability, she can actually jump into one of your freets and start leading troops from the front. So she's a general, but she can also be used as kind of equipment. You can put her on a unit and she can go charge out there. And she's a badass pilot, so she can really buff a unit and make it dangerous at any time. I'm really digging this lore. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm just like listening to the story. I'm like, this sounds like super interesting. Yeah, can I walk? I was actually just going to say, like, if this gets like super, super successful and someone approached you about like uh, a cartoon. <laughs> How pumped would you be, Cameron? Uh, Exo Squad producers, if you are out there and <laughs> listening to me. But there's another thing is in the middle of this solar war, there's like a third faction. We call it the Brimea, the Brazil-India-Middle East Alliance. So these are like the pacifists, right? They don't want to get involved in this conflict, but they, because they're not fighting, that's where all this advanced technology really comes from. They actually design the Afrits. Afrit is like a mythological Middle Eastern demon by the way, that's where the name comes from. And so they're making the technology, but they get sick and tired of all this fighting in the in the solar system. And so they actually develop this like experimental, I guess you could say warp technology. Uh, I think we call it the B drive in the game, but they just build these like secret arc ships. And then one day they say, screw it, we're taking our ball, we're going home. And there's this mass exodus of like a, a brain drain, right? Of all the best scientists on earth, just disappearing out of the solar system and what they leave behind is kind of what the players are fighting over in the game trying to access that technology these hidden labs they had all over the planet to see what kind of crazy advanced weapons and systems and and other maybe afrites they had that the player could use for their own resources this that sounds, sounds so cool, so cool. <laughs> yeah this actually sounds so cool like I feel, I feel like if if you ever wanted to make a comic, it would be super successful. Nah, well, <laughs> one, 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 one thing's first. I know, I know for sure, but it just, it's just like you're getting us pumped over that, <laughs> over that, that whole story right there. Are, Seriously, are, are you gonna swear? Are you gonna swear for me? Uh, fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Only, only if you throw me in the comic, though. <laughs> Hey, that's a great segue because as one of our backer rewards, you could actually be in Redline and we'll make you a pilot. We'll make you that's a general. Cool. There we go. See? <laughs> so, uh, hey, thanks. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, throwing that line out there. I appreciate it. Oh, that's, no, honestly, like that story just like, uh, like you, you're not in the room, but me and John is focused on the story. It's just like, well, what? Wow. This, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> I want to I watch the movie <laughs> or read the comic or something. We ain't, we're not there, but I'm just, you know, where they went, nobody knows. But it, yeah. it, maybe they come back. They had a lot of crazy technology. Who knows? I'm not saying. Hey, I'm still going to give you a lot of kudos. It's still a really cool lore. You know, yeah. the lore in there, like, that sounds really well thought out. I think, like, a game like this, you need it, right? Like, 
you need to have that backstory to keep it interesting and that sounds way interesting so. yeah i mean look around with you know that was a big inspiration is like blue blue earth or blue origin spacex how elon musk's tesla is on the way to mars right now right we're really at the beginning of that commercialization of space like you can see it happening right now and so the idea was well what say that you know takes off where does that put humanity like where are we going war is a constant what does war look like in space with mechs right that's kind of the, the starting point for the story in red line it, it, i think right. the game takes place in 2060 and lore wise it's only 40 years from now we won't have robots in 2060 if we do they'll be they'll be super intense uh, look around they're they're making them right now <laughs> So Yeah, they are, but I don't know. It's like it's like when we were in school, remember everyone's like, What's twenty twenty gonna look like? And every, flying cars. Everyone draws flying cars. <laughs> everyone draws flying cars. <laughs> Even when I was uh so I actually was an educator about seven and a half years ago too. For four or five years I was a substitute teacher. Oh, bless was, your heart. <laughs> I know, thank you. And it was the same thing too. I was in classrooms and they're like, What's it gonna be like in twenty thirty? And all the kids draw flying cars. <laughs> Like, stop it. <laughs> you laugh, but we got self-driving cars on the road right now. Come on. We do, yeah. No, we do. But flying cars, mm, not yet. Okay, you got me. You got me. Yeah, Max, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we we already have like I mean we already have like assistant exoskeletons so I'm assuming Max will come before flying cars actually. Flying cars <laughs> is a bridge too far. Yeah, exactly. It's Damn Jetsons right yeah. now. Yeah. Cool. Anything else you want to get out before we turn the tables? Just gonna do a final shill for the game. RedlineGame.com is our website. Find us on Kickstarter. We just launched a couple of days ago, so we got a long road ahead of us and put a lot of work, a, a lot of time, and and I. I hope you can see passion into this game. It's a game that I enjoy playing. I wouldn't, I'm pretty picky with my gaming time. So if it's crap, I wouldn't want to play it and I wouldn't bother making it. But like I said, it plays cool. It looks cool. Thank you for thinking the story is cool. The whole point was to not look as indie as we are. We want to make the game look polished and we will see. But I think, well, I did the best I could. We will see what happens. Awesome. Well, good luck. Thank yeah, you. On your Kickstarter. Yeah, we hope to talk to you again, and hopefully it'll be a successful talk. It'll be after you succeed. That'll be pretty awesome. Yeah, I would love to. Even if the game fails, I uh, would love to come back on. I, I like to talk. I could do a whole interview on just the the Kickstarter creation process or, or the marketing. Like, I've learned so much, and I guess being a, an educator is my background. Like, I just have this need to share knowledge with others, but it's that's a whole... That's a whole nother kit and caboodle right there is just the process of making a game. But, you know, I'm not here to talk about that today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sweet. For sure. We'll definitely have you on again. So do you have a question for us or any questions? Let's flip the tables. I, uh, I called myself out. I got to follow through. So <laughs> what what is your favorite comic book then? Comic my book. favorite comic book because you mentioned during the comics not not like single issue but like series or a run i actually really enjoy it's actually just like a, a single graphic novel that i always go back to is spider-man noir i know oh, i know nice. i'm a huge i'm a huge batman fan and batman's like my favorite but spider-man noir always always sticks out to me because it it's it's a really cool spin on the Spider-Man story. So it takes place during the Great Depression. Instead of being bitten by a radioactive spider, Peter Parker gets his powers from, I think it's like a demon or like uh, some sort of like magic element to it. And just the twist on how like Uncle Ben dies in it is really cool. And just the, the twist on like who the bad guy is 
turned out really cool. And I was, it actually was really interesting. So that's probably like one of my favorite comics. And I like the Sandman a lot as well uh, by Neil Gaiman. So there's a cool. whole noir verse, isn't there? Uh, Spider-Man was one of a couple other titles, I, if I remember right. Yeah, I think there's like there's definitely an Iron Man. There's definitely a Wolverine. Okay, I kind of remember that back when I used to collect. So actually, I stopped I stopped collecting comics a year ago. Yeah, I was collecting like Batman and stuff like that. And you know, the Batman Who Laughs that just came out was a or Dark Knight's Metal right. was a really cool story. I used to have a huge collection, but. Anyway, uh, Matt, what about you? <laughs> oh, geez. Mine would be manga. So I'm a big manga fan. The one I read the longest since I was 18. So I'm going to date myself here. I'm 36. I read it until I was about 33 was uh, Naruto. So have you heard of Naruto? Yeah, vaguely. Believe it's, uh, it. It's about, it's about ninjas. <laughs> and it's very Dragon Ball-ish. Like they power up every like, you know, so many months. They get stronger and stronger and the fights get crazier and crazier and they get more interesting powers and such. But other than that, recently I read a lot of Attack on Titan, but I stopped reading that recently and kind of moved on to a comic called UQ Holder, which is based on a group of mages who are like kind of in the future there's like an inverse mars there's like an elevator that the one kid who's a, who's a huh. clone is trying to climb super neat and the whole idea is that magic has kind of been ingrained in the culture so it used to be hidden but now everyone can have magic because it's like in tech so there's like these like magic apps that help you gain magic even if you aren't a magic user and download the, it yeah yeah you can like download it to your armor or your phone i don't know it's pretty in, it's pretty intuitive and it's hilarious cool. it's pretty funny to read I, but it's also like for like 17 year olds <laughs> so i don't know maybe i'm just immature <laughs> yeah, whatever. But yeah, it's it's really neat, really neat read. That sounds interesting. Is it in comic? Like, is it on the shelf? I'll look for it next time I go to the comic. Shop. It's it's. I don't know. I, I read it as they release it, <laughs> so uh... it's probably done illegally. But I don't know. It's it's one of those like translated ones. I don't even think you can get it. Actually, oh no, it's on uh, Crunchyroll. You can get it on Crunchyroll. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Well, then I, then I won't check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again for having me on. It's fun. You guys have uh, been cool to talk to, especially with Corona. I don't get a chance to geek out as much as I used to So I, uh, with others, and I appreciate the uh, opportunity to hang with you guys tonight. I really do appreciate it. No worries. In case we, I know I think you mentioned it, but in case we didn't just so we have it, can you let everyone know where they can find you on the internet? Yeah, so we got like six different social media profiles, but I'm lazy. So just go to redlinegame.com. All the links are on there. Check out the Kickstarter, uh, Kickstarter slash Redline something. I don't know. Uh, hopefully we'll find <laughs> a front page for the games. Uh, but yeah, just go to the website and there'll be links to everything on there. Make it easy. All right. Thanks, Cameron, for talking with us today. And be sure you guys check out Redline on currently on Kickstarter right now. I mean, if you like what you are hearing, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or hit that follow button on your favorite streaming platform. Is there a game that you would like for us to check out or talk about? Or have you created a game and want us to preview it? Let us know by emailing us at info at FridayNight.Games. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at FridayNightGames underscore official and on Twitter at FridayNightGMS. Don't forget to check back every Friday for... For our next episode and remember it's friday night let's have some fun